I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Young people across the country have been settling back into school this month. New books, new stationery, new teachers, and for some, new plants too. This is Gardening with the RHS. I'm Alana Karma, and the biggest part of my job at the RHS is to work with young people in schools all across the UK through the RHS Campaign for School Gardening. It's our aim to give young people of all ages as many opportunities to interact with plants and nature as possible. And in today's podcast, we're excited to celebrate the future of growing. I'm delighted to be joined today by my good friend, George Hassel, the RHS's very own young ambassador. George started his journey with us back in 2014 when he won our RHS Young School Gardener of the Year competition when he was just eight years old. Hello, George. Hi, Alana. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe this all happened six years ago. I know. You were so, so tiny when we first met you. I can't believe it. I remember you dancing in the rain oh, at the award ceremony. Oh, it was so nice when it's surrounded by poppies <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> so, George, why do you think gardening is great? And why do you want to inspire young people to garden? I think gardening is great. It's a fantastic way to relieve stress and connect with nature. I want to inspire other young people to garden because it's a fabulous thing for them to aid their mental health during stressful times, such as lockdown and exams. You can create your own nature reserve in your back garden, which not only attracts wildlife, but helps to protect it. And you're pretty hot on your nature gardening aren't you you've got a very famous pond in your garden that we've heard about before yeah the pond oh it's ever growing got another one now (laughs) it's just keeps on going and going how many ponds have you got then I've got three now (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) and George I can hear you're so passionate about growing and gardening It's, it's this kind of passion that really makes me love the work that I do working through the campaign for school gardening I mean, the campaign for school gardening is something we started back in 2007. So it's been going for a really long time now. It's an initiative that we started to really encourage schools to get outdoors, get kids growing, give them all the tools they needed to do that. So we offer free advice. We've got resources. We run training courses. We've got competitions, big initiatives to get people growing. But really, it's sort of the benefits of gardening that we're trying to instill in people you know gardening as you said George it's so good for your well-being it's so good for feeling free outdoors but gardening in a school is something that can provide 
loads of new skills as well. So soft skills like building confidence, learning to be responsible for something like that. I mean, George, you must know what it's like growing something from a seed and watching it grow into a big plant like how does that make you feel it always gives me the satisfaction like the other day I was eating a cucumber that I'd grown and um, I was quite proud of my cucumbers I've done really well this year (laughs) and um, it's just that satisfaction of putting that first seed in and you just can't imagine that it will come alive and grow and then every day coming back giving it a little bit of water it's something that like you said you're responsible for you're looking after that thing you've almost brought it into life as such and it's sort of again it's the beauty of nature it's how nature can make you feel it's a tiny little green thing and yet it can make you feel so (laughs) alive and elated and just like so proud as well you've helped this little tiny thing to grow into a big plant that then flowers and then you've got these cucumbers that you can eat it's just it's something (laughs) that you almost can't describe how it makes you feel it's everything it's every emotion I think you're right. That's the kind of thing we hear from teachers that have been Mm. growing with children and teenagers. And next week, the 5th of October to the 11th of October is the Big Soup Share Week. And it's actually an initiative we run through schools and communities. It's not just for young people, it's for people of all ages. But it's all about growing food, turning it into a delicious warm soup and then sharing it with people so this year is a little bit different obviously (laughs) with the pandemic so we're going digital this year we're encouraging people to share their soup maybe they could do a delivery service or a takeaway service or just encourage people to make their own soup from home but it's really just about supporting each other obviously people need connections at this time of year so George you've taken part in our big soup share for quite a few years now what are you guys planning to do this year? This year we're going to be making a sweet potato and button squash Thai soup which we're going to be making in the garden and hopefully it's going to be delicious. Brilliant and so it's really easy to take part in any of the campaign school gardening initiatives all you need to do is go onto our website it's free to sign up we have a lovely welcome pack that gets sent out to any school that signs up or group youth groups as well are very welcome and that contains seeds and posters and plant labels and lots of lovely things to get people growing And then you can take part in our school gardening awards, which are five levels to help schools build their garden and become more sustainable and learn how to connect with their community. And they get lots of lovely rewards as well by taking part in those. And then we've got access to training courses, resources, all kinds of lovely things that can get people growing. So anything you need is probably going to be there. So, George, obviously we have known each other for many years now. So how would you say your connection with the Campaign for School Gardening has affected you? For me, it's given me a lot of opportunities and it's opened a lot of doors because I'm 15 now. I'm in my final year. I'm starting to think about further education and what career I'll go into. And the campaign has really helped me to think about that because it's given me an opportunity to have a career in gardening or a career that's related to gardening. And it's also a good thing to help you with skills anyway, teamwork and biology and things like that. It's a really good skill to have in most jobs, really. So the campaign really has helped me with thinking about my future. Another thing I really love about working on the campaign for school gardening is the inspiring adults we meet. So take Michelle Jones. Michelle won the RHS Gardening Champion of the Year in 2019 for her work at her children's primary school in London. 
She holds regular gardening sessions there to teach children where food comes from, and as many as 50 families have taken part. But it's not just Michelle who's passionate about growing. Meet her son, Reese. My favourite things to grow, there's one fruit that I love to grow the most, mm. which is um, a tavery. It's prickly. It's like a really very long blackberry. It takes maybe like one to two years to grow fruit. I have my own pet tabery plant downstairs that I've grown for about a year now. Maybe two. Uh, Maybe two. And I'm still waiting for it to fruit, but I can't wait for it to fruit. So then I finally get the achievement of doing that. So with regards to gardening, I'll let Reese tell you how it all began. In my school, I just one morning just had the bright idea of I wanted to do some debates and negotiations because I was also going through the Debate Mate programme. So then I just one morning decided to have a debate with my mum about whether gardening should come to Ashmont or not. Then it ended up that me and my mum then decided to move on and make an actual real-life proposal in order to bring gardening to Ashmont Primary School. We began small, just growing tiny seeds, and then it grew into big apple trees and pear trees. At first, it was just my mum speaking to her friends that liked gardening. Then they got their kids involved. And then those kids then ended up speaking to their friends, inviting them to gardening club. And then it just went from there. The word spread really fast. And then everyone ended up coming to gardening club wanting to do it. My children was a little bit not sure where food produce came from. They were saying to me, where do potatoes come from? Do they just come from the supermarket? And I was kind of really shocked to hear them say that. I felt it was really important that if my children didn't know about where food came from, then there's probably a lot of other parents that was in the same situation. The problem is, is where we live in London, there's a lot of council estates like high-rise tower blocks and real lacking proper gardening space for allotments you know where you can really get your teeth into growing food so it was really important when I did speak to school about what our plans were was to establish a Thursday gardening group so parents could come with their children as well they would come along and they would plant their seeds and take them home. You know, like you can have a herb garden on your windowsill. I had children growing strawberries in a welly on the 15th floor, so that was awesome, you know. If you're thinking about starting a gardening club in school yourself, the one thing that I always say is don't be afraid to get a no. Schools are so constrained at the moment with money, not even just now because of the current climate, but anyway in general that they really want parents to get involved and help out more so doing gardening gardening club at school you might get a no but just ignore it and keep pushing and you'll get a yes I can assure you don't be afraid to fail because you will fail I mean Ashmount is like a greenhouse to be quite frank it's an eco building and the first year we done it we ended up sizzling the seeds because it was so hot behind the glass so you know you're going to fail the other thing I'd say is try and get support from other parents that you 
know is interested in gardening and it might just be one or two of you but from that one or two it will grow we went to literally 50 other families within a space of a few months the gardening community in general is so kind and there's so much support out there love the rhs rhs school gardening team are absolutely fantastic if you've got any questions they will definitely answer them for you also all of the different targets that rhs schools gardening team do so there's little levels that you can do with the children that really encourage them you know level one up to level five and the kids loved it but i think i loved it even more just trying to get the awards and getting the kids to get the awards and getting sent a certificate or whatever i i think there's lots out there you've just got to be brave and just go for it definitely I've had a lot of feedback where parents have said you know what even though we are like I said too constrained with our space we have still participated or we have still grown stuff I think it encourages parents that might not get involved in school to get involved and want to participate and gardening is a really good it's therapeutic it helps with children that might be you know suffer with maybe ADHD or or not know themselves really so they come along and just getting your hands in the the mud and playing with the worms and planting your seeds and everything else and watching it grow it it, as the plant grows you notice that the child flourishes along with them as well so yeah it's really good. I feel like I kind of finally had a purpose like before I'd never ever done anything that important it just been going to school doing my work coming home eating sleeping and then I just started gardening and then most of the people when they ask how the gardening club got started they ask me what happened and not my mum most of the time (laughs) my mum had two very 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 nice friends called Anna and Eleanor they nominated her for the RHS award which I'll let my mum speak about because I know she wants to Me and Michelle Jones being the RHS School Gardening Champion of 2019 was an absolute honour. How did I get there? Uh, I think think my over-enthusiasm at school and kind of force at getting the headmaster on board kind of inspired a lot of the parents that was around me. I'll be 100% honest with you, I never even knew that Anna and Eleanor had actually applied on my behalf and honestly for me I don't really think that I had done anything fantastic but I guess when I look back on it now I have really what we have achieved at school but winning it was literally a single most other than having my children the single most amazing thing really that I could have been awarded with and it's been a ride it's been a pleasure and yeah I'm really honoured to wave the flag for school gardening. You can see why Michelle won. She is just so passionate. And I mean, something she didn't really talk about as well is that she went and taught herself how to grow food so that she could then go and teach the kids to grow food, her kids, and then also the kids at school. So she started from absolutely nothing and just was like, right, I need to do something about this. I need to make sure that these kids don't grow up thinking carrots come from a plastic bag in a supermarket. So, I mean, she's just, yeah a proper force to be reckoned with, I'd say. And I wish every school could have a Michelle. Someone who's inspired me is my dad, because he was creating a garden when I was young. So I got to see it develop. 
and I took part with things like planting the veg and then more recently we've been creating the pond. Not one, but three ponds. I love sitting in the garden with my dad, having a brew and watching nature visit the garden. So as George says, you don't have to garden just at school. There's loads you can do at home and you too can be an inspiration and help get more young people to turn their hand to the great outdoors. Lee Connolly, otherwise known as the Skinny Jean Gardener, is the author of How to Get Kids Gardening. Now, Lee's been helping to inspire young people to get growing for years. He used to be the Blue Peter Gardener a few years back, which now George looks after. He carried out a massive school tour at the beginning of this year. He's supported at RHS Flower Shows and he has his own podcast all about getting kids gardening. He also has these great top tips on how you can get your kids involved outside. The reason it's important to get kids out into the garden is because it gives them a whole nother experience that actually getting outside gardening can really open them up to a whole new world that is exciting and also to learn where their food comes from. Like I talk about this a lot. So we need to really push that out there and get them knowing that that tiny little seed actually turns into something that they're going to eat in the future. When I first even started gardening, I started gardening about six years ago. And at my school, I never did any gardening at all. So I had no idea about how potatoes were grown. I actually thought potatoes grew above ground. I thought cauliflowers underground. I had no idea when I was 25. And, and that just blows my mind. Like now thinking back to it, just because I had no gardening education at all at school, by the time I was 25, I still didn't know that stuff, which is crazy. But I don't want my child, I don't want my daughter to grow up like that. I want her and all her school friends to know that potatoes grow underground and all them sort of things I want them to know that so my three things always to get kids into gardening I can round up into like three subjects is grow your own wildlife and fun you've got to have a bit of fun at the end just to make sure they get out there uh, so grow your own is sowing your seeds watching that plant grow watching that magic happen I always call it being a magician with my daughter having that little tiny seed grow into an actual plant it absolutely blows her mind so grow your own is really important whether that be from like a big area of the garden or, or just even a little washing up sized bowl of salad going on outside the back door giving that child like a sense of responsibility to look after those plants is really important so grow your own is really good wildlife is important as well obviously getting outside we've got hedgehogs in our garden attracting them especially at this time of year into the garden is so important having like a bug hotel is like the best thing I've ever brought into the garden because it means that me and my daughter can get outside have a look to see what bugs have turned up write them down it's a real activity that we can keep coming back to and then finally fun to be honest with you it has to be something that brings the children outside so they need something to play with to say can we go outside do this like for example the mud kitchen so a mud kitchen, it can be anything from a table with some washing up bowls on, put a bit of compost in there, put a bit of soil in there, and then make sure you have some old spoons, some old pots and pans just for the kids to play around with, mix up seeds and bits like that in. But it can go from anything from an actual built table. You can buy one, but I like building them. I've got one built out of like Deccan. To even just a little washing up bowl, on a pile of bricks or something just a little bit higher up for the kids so they can get to but it's just creating a really messy area and letting them 
have permission to get messy as well because sometimes with kids you're like oh don't don't do that i don't want to do the washing like sometimes you can easily say no like i always thought as a parent i'll be like yeah go and do stuff but sometimes i don't know where it comes from it happens as soon as they're born there's always that urge to say no to stuff and giving them that permission to get outside and get messy the mud kitchen is the best way to do that so bringing in those fun ideas keeps them occupied keeps them outside keeps them having fun while you can get the important stuff done One of my favourite gardening tasks, especially around this time of year, is planting up bulbs. I used to think that, like tulips, for example, we we planted loads of tulips last year. And before that, I used to think it was not a great one for kids, a bit boring. But I did it with my daughter anyway. And it was the best thing I've ever done because she planted all these tulips up. And then slowly throughout the whole of like winter and into spring, she slowly saw the growth pop up. And it was one of those things that every morning before she went to school, it's like, Dad, can we go out and see how they're getting on? We even had some outside the back door so she could look for a window in a pot and see them slowly grow. And it's so excitement from her was incredible. Like, I loved it. So things like that are, are absolutely perfect. Do you know, what? I think the most important thing is giving them responsibility. The kids want to have their own space to learn. And they don't want to be helping dad. They don't really feel that sense of responsibility if they're helping me plant up a tomato. But if they've got their own tomato plant, if they've got their own pumpkin plant that they're looking after and mum and dad don't go near it, and if it dies, it dies. I mean, that's just part of the lesson of gardening. Then that gives them that sense of responsibility that means that they're going to care about the plant. That's what it's all about, like caring for these plants. So my biggest thing for children is giving them that responsibility giving them that space to grow their own like literally grow their own all kids should get gardening because it will create real memories i don't remember watching that favorite episode of chuckle vision what's up chuckle vision fans on tv with my parents but i do remember like my dad being out in the garden us playing football in the garden and i want that for my daughter and i want it for all children to remember those times out in the garden creating proper memories away from screens just actually spending time with parents like proper time like there's nothing better than than that a message to the parents would be don't worry too much about it like mistakes are going to happen you just sort of have to accept that before you you get out there and get amongst it i think that's the biggest thing it's, it's you're just going out there to have fun you're just going out there to be with the kids they're gonna get messy things are going to get trodden on but everyone's learning together like i think that's the biggest thing lee connolly he's got such an interesting outlook on things i love how he says that it doesn't matter if you kill something because that's really a big part of gardening is that you learn from your mistakes the amount of things I've killed are that haven't worked. <laughs> like our beetroot this year was about the size of a marble. <laughs> but, you know, we learn now that maybe I should start planting things earlier or maybe try it in a different location. And that's the whole point, in my opinion, of gardening. You can only learn so much from a book. It's about getting out there, making them mistakes and then learning from them that really helps with your gardening knowledge and experience. Now, someone else who's passionate about getting others gardening 
is 17-year-old Ellie Micklewright. She won the Young School Garden of the Year competition in 2018. Ellie's so passionate about conservation and the environment that she set up a wildlife garden in her school. But it was gardening with one family member that got her hooked as a younger child. My earliest memory of gardening has to be helping my nan plant an absolute mountain of bulbs in her front garden. It was kind of like a yearly ritual and that kind of first got me into it. So that introduced me really to the gardening world, so to speak. <laughs> it was really nice having that connection with my nan. It was something to talk about. But I think generally, like, gardening as a whole, I kind of like the de-stressing and the sense of escapism it provides. In the summer of 2017, I set up a wildlife gardening club at my school. That was the kind of time where we were kind of increasing in awareness about environmental issues, things like climate change, and we thought, right, now's the kind of time to stand up for it and make a change and try and make a difference in our school grounds. It was very much a blank canvas at school and it kind of just took us to get me and a group of friends just to go, you know what, we can improve this, we can have a bit of fun here, we can make a difference, which I think is quite empowering for young people. Everyone's noticing the depletion of our wildlife. And it's this kind of thing which I've been reading about, which is like shifted baseline syndrome, where what we think is the norm for wildlife is very far from the truth because we've kind of marginalised it and pushed it to the very edges of its range. So I think it's about time now that we take action to c increase the abundance of wildlife and increase biodiversity because there's so much it can do for ecosystem services. I could talk for ages about what the club involves, really. <laughs> We've done, like, willow weaving of bird feeders and made, like, fat balls and suets to go in that. We've propagated our own seeds, like, cosmos and stuff, and planted that out because it's, like, pollinator-friendly, which is really good. We made some giant vegetable-raised beds. And then we went on our first gardening club school trip, like, after school, to go dig up, like, a tonne of topsoil at someone's garden. So we filled all that up, planted it up with vegetables, and now we are like harvesting our um, produce and selling it to staff. And it was actually really nice. One of my favorite sessions we actually had at Gardening Club was when we made beetroot and chocolate microwavable mug cakes. So <laughs> they sound slightly um, <laughs> worrying, but they were actually really tasty. And it really was good to kind of show that connection from the ground to the plate of where the food came from. It's about getting outside at lunchtime, making sure we get that fresh air, because a lot of my friends weren't... They weren't really interested in gardening, you know, they were outdoorsy people, but they're not... Because of the stereotype, it's not so cool. It was very much uncomfortable or worrying to kind of stick up your hand and say, you know what, gardening's cool. <laughs> Which sounds even weird coming out of my mouth. There is a slight stereotype around it being more for older people and older generations and I definitely have had a few funny looks when I've been walking down the corridor with, you know, spades and forks in my arms. But, you know what, I don't care because I enjoy it. So I think it's really important that people kind of just give it a go because what's the worst that's going to happen? My friends actually take quite a lot of pride in it and it's really nice to see what we've achieved as a group really because I think engaging people from the earliest age 
will help create the next conservationist, the next ecologist, you know, all of this in the future, which is really important if we want to kind of sustain ourselves. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to be something that I don't want to do. I can't sit here and say, I definitely know I'm going to be a horticulturist, I definitely know I'm going to do this, but I know even if I don't have a garden in the future, I'm going to be growing something, I'm going to be trying to smuggle as many houseplants I can in, like, even though my parents aren't particularly keen on the idea. But yeah, gardening will always be part of how I de-stress, how I get outside, how I connect with people like my nan, my uncles, my aunts. It's always going to be an interest and a passion for me. That was Ellie Micklewright. Now, I really liked how Ellie was talking about what is the worst that can happen, because that's the thing about gardening. In a sense, it doesn't matter what happens. It's your little bubble, and you can do anything that you want in that little space. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. You can start again. And that, for me, it releases that pressure. It's not having a deadline on it. It's not having to say, right, I've got to go gardening now. It's when you want, and you can do it in any way that you like. And Ellie was talking about not caring what other people mm. thought. And, yeah. you know, did you have a similar situation at school, George? Because sometimes yeah. gardening can be seen as not as cool or not as exciting. And, you know, we're trying to show that actually just being out in nature is great. It feels so nice. Did you struggle at school at all with how people perceived you doing gardening or, or did you find it okay? Yeah, I kind of had a similar experience to Ellie, really, in the sense that I did get a few funny looks. I do remember a couple of people asking me, why do you garden? Why do you do it? As if it was some sort of weird outlandish thing that somebody would go out with a spade and look at soil. But it's the sort of thing, again, it's personal. If you enjoy it, then that's fine. If other people don't, then that's their opinion. They go and do what they want to do. But if it's something that you love, that's your choice and you go out and do it, and it don't matter what other people think, like Ellie was saying. So, yeah, I've had a bit of a similar situation, but there were people that sort of appreciated what I was doing, really, and did sort of say, fair enough, you know, yeah. you go for it, you know, and that was really nice and it was comforting for me, personally. And that's it for this week. For more on everything you've heard today and details of how to get involved, you can visit schoolgardening.rhs.org.uk. So, George, what do you think? What's the main thing you have taken away from this podcast? Well, Lee's point really stays with me about how, you know, with garden, it's an experiment. It doesn't matter where you go wrong. And then also Ellie's words about not to care about what other people think and just doing it and doing it because you love it no matter what other people say about it. That was a really nice point. And on that note, that's me, Alana Karma. And me, George Hassel. Saying goodbye and happy growing. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Crest robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. 
I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Crest robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced-rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.